1: to the rim and Levine Ooh. came down and he's hobbling Bill. He's got that right foot elevated and he's Uh-oh. hopping around. He's gonna go straight to the bench.
0: He's, yep, yeah. he's going.
1: Ooh, and oh, he's, he's not happy. He's not, he's
0: gonna to go to the locker room, Bill. And you know, he's had right foot issues and I, I didn't see the replay whether or not he stepped on a foot, let's see. Ooh, there it is right there, wow, yep. Yeah. What happened there, Bill? They stepped on a foot and the ankle. That's no
2: good, but I think Bulls fans thought, oh, you mean they're going to have to play without Zach Levine? Oh, no, not that. And they were <laughs> able to eke out a win over an undermanned Toronto team. Here to talk about the Bulls uh, last night and bigger picture is Darnell Mayberry who is always nice enough to join us on the score hotline presented by circus sports, Illinois. Follow Darnell on Twitter at Darnell Mayberry. He writes for the athletic twitch.tv slash Chicago, Six Seventy. the score. What's up Darnell?
1: The Cylons get Darnell. Darnell, we got
3: you. Yeah, I got you. Can you hear me?
1: Yes. Now we got you. Um, so how is Zach Levine?
3: Uh, I don't know. That's the short answer. They did not have media availability today, and we will hear something uh, probably next tomorrow morning from shoot-around.
1: Okay. It's it always worrisome when you're thinking that this person is an asset, but I know that we've we've talked about how it feels like, and from what you've heard and reported, that there isn't a lot of want for Zach Levine. N- now that we're in the period of... of the expanded everyone seems to be available, deadlines and deadlines. Ha, has that changed at all? Are still people are people still cold about trading for Zach Levine?
3: Yeah, I mean, you're looking at the Bulls, the way they're playing without him, uh, or the way they played without him over those 17 games. I think they were 10 and 7. Uh, you look at his injury history, he's had multiple surgeries on the knee. Uh, and the fact that he hasn't won in his career. Those are all things that the league is looking at and saying, is this a player with $138 million left over three years on his contract that we want to trade for and not be our best player? So those are all legitimate questions uh, that I think general managers throughout the league have to ask themselves and are asking themselves. And
2: they're answering no. They're they're mostly saying no because yes. it's, then we've got these second apron problems.
3: Yeah, I mean, you've got, Luxury tax implications that are real for everyone throughout the league uh that are that supersede honestly anything that's on the court. I know a lot of fans, uh, a lot of times think about just on court fit and you know which players would work best with other players, but that's not all that the general managers, the executives, and the and the owners have to think about. So um, that that apron is real, and and it's going to preclude a lot of teams from being in the Zach Levine sweepstakes. Do you
1: think that the the Bulls will figure out? Will, will they consider parting ways with other players on their roster as the trade deadline looms? Because obviously they love Alex Caruso, but he's the most valuable. DeMar is out of contract. Do they want to give him an extension for a guy that's going into, what, year 17 or 18? Like I, I don't know if there's real value to them to keep this thing on the same track, but what else
3: might be out there for them? I don't think they want to take a step back and that's what remains to be seen. I mean, is Arturis Karnaschovas the type of executive he's, who's going to do what we just saw with Toronto and say, we're going to pivot and go a different direction and trust some of our young guys in development and grow that way. That's not what the Bulls have been doing so far. And that's not what they are saying that they want to do. They want to remain competitive. Even if the rest of us are saying you're spinning your wheels, you're chasing mediocrity, you're chasing 500. Uh, until they do it, I think they're gonna uh, hold on to Alex Caruso and others and not want to pivot too much and, and get rid of valuable players who impact winning.
2: I just don't know what they're chasing. I, I, they like to, and AK has told us about the evaluation periods that he will go through. Obviously, leading up to the deadline. You know, after the deadline, he said, "Well, we're gonna look at this and take 28 games, whatever it is, to find out what we have." And I, if he knows. Good because I'm still not sure, and I don't know what this period without Zach, with the rise of Kobe White, what this sort of spasm of competence, has shown us, or importantly shown him. What are they trying to be
3: right now? Relevant, and mm. you know, you listen to Charles Barkley and those guys on the TNT broadcast last night, and. You know, I don't think this is the type of relevancy they want. And, you know, they're they're sort of a laughing stock right now with the whole Ring of Honor thing and, and Jordan Pippen and, and Rodman not showing up. and It's sort of an embarrass, embarrassing moment for the Bulls on TNT last night. Thankfully, they won the game against a team that didn't <laughs> uh, – that just traded two of their best three players in OG Ananobi uh, and Pascal Siakam. So uh, that's what the Bulls are chasing. They want to be relevant. They want to remain competitive. And look, they're they're right there in the thick of the playoff chase. So uh, regardless of anyone's opinion, they can say that they're giving it their best shot. Uh, and a lot of fans I know from, I hear from feedback directly from fans that say they would prefer to chase uh, that playoff seed, even if it's the seven or eight seed, as opposed to, you know, chasing a, a top draft pick. So, you know, it's it's a tough position to be in if you're Artur kind of Skarnachovic because you're trying to put... A, a competitive product on the floor, uh, but it just hasn't worked so far.
1: You had the opportunity, Darnell, to talk with Kobe White about this sojourn that he went on in the offseason. What did you learn about why we're seeing a better version of him?
3: He's growing up. Uh, and I think I said that in the Q and a, I did with him, uh, all of the things that he was talking about just sounds like a 23, 24 year old young man uh, sorting, starting to, uh, grow to his own and figure out who he is uh, as a man and you know Kobe White is a player whose parent who's whose mom uh, still comes to to Chicago quite often to see him uh, his older brother his his older sister uh, come quite often to see him and visit him so uh, he's still a very young um man and who's trying to figure out life and he's talking about reading and journaling and meditating and doing all of these different things to tap into a higher, Uh, space mentally and emotionally and spiritually. And he feels like all of that is helping him on the court uh, withstand some of the things that he's had to go through throughout his career and what he's being uh, thrown into this season as a starting point guard. Why has
2: Javon Carter regressed?
3: To me, it's a minutes thing. I mean, you know, he started out as the uh, sort of, you know, de facto backup point guard um, and he was getting minutes. He was getting shots and then his minutes started to to fall off, and I thought that sort of knocked him out of his rhythm, uh, especially as a shooter. And you can kind of see when he's not confident or as confident in his shot, it sort of affects a lot of other aspects of his game. Uh, and then it just it just never really seemed to get back on track for him before he fell out of the rotation consistently.
0: We get it, attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Vooch seems to be struggling from the three-point line. He's doing a lot of other things well, still rebounding, still scoring. I... I am frustrated watching him because yeah, it feels like Darnell that he doesn't realize that he's open for a reason at, at the three-point stripe right now. Like People are like, yeah, go ahead and shoot it because you're shooting 27% from three. I heard Billy tell you guys that he wants Vooch to keep shooting. Does that philosophy make
3: sense to you? I'm always a believer in shooters have to shoot, and anyone who doesn't take a shot, especially in 2024 is hurting the team and doesn't belong on the floor. I don't care if it's Vucevic, Dalen Terry, Julian Phillips, uh, whoever. They need to be able to shoot that shot. Andre Drummond, obviously, those types won't be out there, shouldn't be out there in those positions. But Vucevic, his ability to stretch the floor is a big part of why they re-signed him. It's a big part of why they remain remain committed to him as the starter, even though Drummond can come in and get you 2020. Um, like he did a couple weeks back. So he brings value. It's just I feel like he's in one of those ruts right now. Uh, and we saw Kobe White go through it at the beginning of the season before he took off and and started shooting it well. So it, it ebbs and flows. Players are going to have it, those ups and downs, and I think he's just in one of those ruts right now. He's going to come back one of these nights, Lawrence, and, and, or stretches and have one of those uh, brutally hot stretches where he's just making – a lot of his threes maybe hitting some some dagger shots like he did in San Antonio. Uh I don't I don't have too much of a problem with him shooting the shots. I think the alternative of him not shooting is much worse than him shooting and missing. What's it been like to kind of cover this treadmill
1: of a team? Cuz they they are just kind of running in place. So what's it been like for you to 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 try and figure out how they can get better and what ways they, they should should try to improve.
3: Yeah, I mean, you, you sort of count down the days to the trade deadline, and you just you you anticipate Arturis Karnachovs is not going to uh, sit on his hands for the third straight trade deadline uh, because I think the fans are ready for a change. I think the team Zach Levine, led by Zach Levine, is ready for a change. Uh, and they just can't continue to think that this is going to be successful. So, you know, for me, it's about trying to chronicle the development of the young guys like Kobe White, um, you know, and Patrick Williams, Ayo DeSumo. But then you also have legacy players like uh, former All-Stars and DeMar DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic and Zach Levine, who uh, are at crossroads in their careers. And that's also interesting as well. So there are still stories to be told with this team. Uh, they're just the same players. And you've got to kind of find different angles.
2: Patrick Williams got a chance with Levine out to have a little more opportunity, a little more comfort in taking his shot. And I thought that it was maybe not a direct result, but it was contributing to a stable period of growth for him. He always disappoints me though. And I hope this is a time where, we don't see either this ankle injury mean there's going to be significant time missed or maybe trying to work Zach Levine back after this injury is, is going to maybe stifle that kind of development. I'm, I'm wait, I'm still there in the back of my head, Darnell. I'm hopeful that there is a real spurt that's going to come from him developmentally.
3: You know, Dan, I mean, you, you bring up a, this, an interesting word, disappointment it, to me, that's all based on, Expectations of Patrick Williams at this point. Now that we know uh, sort of what he's capable of, we've seen flashes, we've seen inconsistency. I think it it's up to us to alter our expectation now of Patrick Williams. I would ask you, what is your expectations of him now moving forward?
2: I don't, you know, I, I think about it all the time, and and you, we see the flashes, and then I continue to see some of the issues that I have. I went back, and we did this for the for the organizations win championships podcast that we watched college tape and watched how he moved athletically at Florida State. And I don't know if it's been coached out of him, but some of the promise, some of the explosiveness, I know he's put on a lot of good weight. He just doesn't, like the way he jumps now more off of two feet than off of one foot. Some of the the ability to finish around the rim. I'm not quite sure why it's why my I guess my expectations for some of that are not not what they were when we first scouted him.
3: Yeah, and I think the ceiling is sort of more what I'm I'm asking about in, in terms of if we're expecting him to be an all-star, if we're expecting him to finish some of these dunks. That's a whole totally different conversation. I, I'd
1: like that. Would that be
2: nice? Yeah, finish
3: at the rim. That that should be uh, the least of his concerns. But he's he's had some troubles doing that. I don't think he's the future all-star in the making that, you know, a lot of people like myself wrote about and and talked so much about uh, comparing him to to Kawhi Leonard. Looking back, that was silly. Um, But, you know, he's still clearly a very valuable piece for this team and in this league as a a big wing who can defend. He's a, he's an excellent standstill three point shooter. um, and, And he's going to do whatever he can do to help the team win. I do believe that there's value in his selflessness Uh, and the way that he approaches the game from a team standpoint. So there's a lot of value in him. How much he wants to get paid and and how long he's going to be in Chicago is two totally different things. Could he be Jay Crowder? I I would hope he's better than Jay Crowder, but that's my expectation again. You know what
2: I mean, though. Like that's when I start to think of a guy who is a solid NBA guy for a long time. He can be in in the right situation. He can definitely be uh, associated with winning. Big, strong, willing defender. Can shoot thirty five percent from three. And if and if on draft night you you draft an eighteen or nineteen year old kid and you say, look, this guy's going to play until he's in his mid thirties and he'll be Jay Crowder. I don't know. I don't know what my response would have been at the time.
3: You wouldn't have wanted him fourth overall. That I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. sort of Patrick Williams, that's, that's the Patrick Williams conundrum: is that yep. they drafted him higher than they probably should have, and we're waiting for him to become a top five draft pick, and he's um, not performed that way, and he's been inconsistent, and now he wants to get paid. Um, like a top five draft pick who's performed and on his all-star track. And he's not been that. So uh, that's the dilemma that the bulls have to figure out moving forward.
1: Uh, I was kind of hoping maybe he'd be Jeff green, but whatever. Uh, hey, that is still going. I know. Right. Still going. Uncle Jeff, Jeff is still out there doing Damn work. Right. Uh, someone on Twitch mentioned that, that they like your hat Darnell. Obviously it's the self-promotion, the money talks, sub stack, The latest uh, addition to the Money Talk Substack, you got into the weeds a little bit in in your investment portfolio.
3: Yeah, man, I'm being candid, opening it up, sharing how I invested all of 2023, what I want to do in 2024, uh, the dividends that I'm collecting alongside my 10-year-old daughter, Parker. Um, And so, you know, I'm just candidly sharing this journey and, trying to help others along the way and, and saying, Hey, these are some of the things that I'm trying. They're working for me. Maybe it'll change some other people's approach as well.
1: So the money Talk Substack, go check it out. You can read this journey that Darnell is taking with his daughter, trying to, to further his financial literacy and all the different places where he's finding things that he knows and things that he doesn't know about money. It's really fantastic and worth your time. Sir, as always, we appreciate you. Thank you for jumping
3: on the show. Appreciate you having me, guys. Have a great weekend. You too.
1: That's Darnell Mayberry.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?